Today on the Sasquadcast, I sit down with Corey Mitchell. Corey is the pastor at Winfield Baptist Church, but he's also a frequent chaplain here at Camp Susqua, a camper parent, and a Susqua board member. Expect to hear about how he got connected with Camp Susqua, the best and most challenging parts about being a chaplain here, and how Susqua has impacted his own family. If you're listening to this as of its release in mid-February 2024, we are starting to fill up already many of our summer programs. So by God's grace, we are filling up faster each year. So if you've been waiting to apply, be sure to visit susqua.org apply to reserve your spot for this summer. Thanks for joining us around the proverbial campfire today. Let's listen in. Chief Corey Mitchell, thanks for joining us today. Glad to be with you. So, first question for you, how did you get connected with Camp Susqua? I believe it was September of 2005. Um, I was I had submitted my name to be a candidate for youth pastor at Winfield Baptist Church. And they traditionally had a fall youth retreat for their youth group. And they invited me to come along and do a few of the speech, speaker sessions. So my first ever speaking engagement at Camp Susquehanna, but not for Camp Susquehanna, but at a retreat, was in Chapel in the Pines. Mm. So that's a little bit of how I got introduced to camp. And then when I was hired um, as youth pastor, I continued to come for youth retreats in the fall. Yeah, I think I think we did that for maybe three years while I was youth pastor, and then um, we did some other things. So I didn't realize that. You were actually here at Susqua before you were at Winfield, or, or at, just as you were starting at, at Winfield? Yeah, yeah. So I, I came on camp to speak for Winfield, in 05 and had no connection to anyone at that point. Wow. Okay. So then when did you become actually officially a Camp Susqua volunteer? Yeah. So I did not grow up camping. Um, my wife grew up going to camp in North Dakota and she worked on staff there and loved it. And when our two oldest children, Max and Emma, got old enough. She's like, I want them to go to camp. And having been here to camp and seen the mountains, I was fearful that particularly Max would just take off and <laughs> they would lose him. And Heather's like, I'm sure the staff is well-trained. They'll, they'll make sure he stays put. And so what I did was just ask if I could come and volunteer their first year. So Max and Emma came back when it was called adventure camp and it was still boys and girls together um i don't remember if i if i was a cabin counselor or if i just helped with some of the games um but that was 2012 i remember meeting glenn garrity and pam hollenbach mm. um and a whole slew of other other folks and uh chief less as well yeah so you were sharing how chief less had given you the talk, the the chief less talk, as it were, uh, before 
bringing you back to serve as as chaplain. What was that? Yeah, I, so I think that was 2013. I believe that I I think I was the chaplain for Adventure Camp, or I'm not sure when it changed names to Young Explorers, but it was just it was that week that Les kind of gave the spiel of how we do evangelism at Camp Susqua. Um, later found out he had given others that same talk. <laughs> yeah, so he's our our listeners will be familiar with him as our our recently added staff chaplain, and he's been on a, a couple episodes of the the podcast. What do you remember about Les's conversation with you? What did he emphasize? Um, well, he just emphasized that the, the uniqueness of Camp Susquehanna was that we're we're not here to to get all these numbers and manipulate kids to making decisions, but to introduce them to their creator, God, and explain the gospel to them and pray that they um, meet Christ as uh, they're here at camp. Um, and I love that approach. I, I, I appreciate that so much um, because I, I've heard, I've heard horror stories. I've experienced, um, being in situations and conferences where it just seems like they want to get all these numbers of commitments. And I don't sometimes don't think the the kids know what they're even responding to. And so that was kind of refreshing for me and mm. um, affirming that I was at the right place. Yeah. So tell me about that, that first time serving as chaplain then, because you had been, as you said, a young or an adventure camp volunteer. Was it, what you expected? Um, I don't. I don't remember exactly what adventure camp was like. I mean, I can remember. I remember coming as a counselor for adventure camp and having, I think, eight eight young boys in the cabin or the tent. And uh, my wife sent me with a stack of books to read it at night. Mm. And uh, for those, what is it? four days, three nights, um, I didn't finish one book because before I would turn the page, they were all asleep. Um, huh. So I learned very quickly that, you know, kids put in a lot of walking at camp, get a lot of time. But um, I think the most intimidating thing as a chaplain was um, the three sessions for like boys camp or girls camp um, of doing those 50 minute Bible study times. Like, you know, I could do the the 20 to 30 minute chapel time, that's no problem. But okay, now I got to teach or fill this time and do it with all three age groups. That was intimidating. Right. Yeah, we do ask a lot of our chaplains. So it's funny to me when I hear they share folks at, at their church ask, well, how was your vacation when you were up at yeah. Susquehanna? <laughs> I don't know if you've ever gotten that kind of reaction, yes. but it's... it's uh, it's not just lounging about uh, although i i um i i have i think heard you share that the afternoons after the bible study yeah. for chaplains are once you get to lunch it's really enjoyable yeah once you get to lunch you can do some porching um you can hang out with the staff and visit with the various tents and cabins and you can take a sigh of relief if you're ready for the next day. <laughs> right. Yeah, sure. Um, and, and I, and I always tried to come as prepared as I could for the week, but you know, you're, you're always changing things at the last minute. Um, I, I do have to say though, that 
anyone who comes in chaplains now has an advantage that some of us didn't back in those days when there were still stones in the pavilion. (laughs) Yes. Because we had to deal with the shuffling of feet in the stones. Um, Yeah, I don't know how many uh, cumulative hours of distraction those gravel stones provided. For our listeners who may not be familiar, in the summer our chapel takes place in an outdoor pavilion, which up until five years ago, five or six years now, had entirely gravel stones as the the floor. And so you'd have the campers shuffling their feet and picking up stones and dropping them. And as much as we might try to police it, it's it's nearly impossible. The, The sound I hear often now is the metal water bottles falling over and clinging on the concrete. I, I think it's uh, much less common than the gravel stones shenanigans, but that that's a, a jarring sound over the course of the summer. I, I did have an experience. I, I think it was 2013. I, I'm not sure what year. There was, there was a year in there where I helped with adventure camp. So I was, I was a counselor in a cabin and there was three, three in our area. I think it was Brian Black, Steve Guthrie, and myself. We had one junior counselor to help us run back and forth to the bathrooms. And then that, at the end of that week, I drove home and turned around and came back for the first week of boys camp. Um, I don't know how Mike Miosi convinced me to do that. I think <laughs> I was just completely naive. But by the end of those two weeks, week and a half, I was exhausted. I'm sure. Yeah. Well, and Adventure Camp was run a little differently then. As you mentioned, Les was running it at the time. And uh, nowadays, we will utilize our boys and girls camp counselors for young which explorers. Which is brilliant. Which, uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know why we, we just had a, you know very intensive program run entirely by volunteers as, as much as we love our volunteers. And there was some great work done during those years. That's, I, I think that's been a net positive change for sure. Absolutely. I, I think I would come back and do it again now. Um, uh, yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll put you on the list. That's, uh, that's a commitment in my book. So tell me what, cause, cause you've come back now. Um, not not only have you come back, your kids have come back. You're on the the board now. What made you, despite the um, the intensive nature of being a chaplain, want to stick around and, and keep staying engaged with Sasqua? Well, as as much as I enjoyed interacting with the campers, I was super impressed with the staff mm. um, and conversations that I got to have on Sasqua's porch. Um, with the staff and there, there's something about that um, older high school or college age group that's just very that those are formative years and they ask really good questions and um, just seeing how they were taking their spiritual life seriously here and how they were serving the Lord whether it was a rainy summer or a hot summer or I remember an adventure camp where it was chilly and we pulled out blankets there in those early June weeks. Um, so I was just super impressed. And I, I'm not sure what year it was, but at some point, Mike had uh, 
had allowed Mike Miosi. I, I I was here during the uh, the staff training for a little bit, and I sat in some sessions, and I was just super impressed how uh, camp was preparing um, the staff. One, just to be good employees, mm-hmm. um, which I found like that would be super helpful not only to be here at camp, but for the rest of their lives how to um, how to how to work and. Uh, so those those things were just catalysts that happened in, in my mind that were like this this is a great place to send your kids to summer camp, but it's also a great place to encourage your teenagers and young adults to come and serve. Yeah, no, I can appreciate that. I think your comment about sitting on the, on the porch and talking with staff. That's how we got acquainted. I, I think it was one of those first summers you were here and I was one of the staff that liked to, to sit on the porch and, and uh, chat with the chaplains and ask them questions. So uh, it's, it's always, I think, really helpful when chaplains take a kind of a holistic view of the week that we are here for the campers, but also for, for the staff. Like you said, they're in the most formative years of their life potentially yeah and to be fair i'm not one of those fun chaplains that you know dives in and does all the wacky stuff um i'd rather just have the conversations (laughs) and be on the back skirts of things um but uh yeah it's it's always fun to be here it camp susco is always a place that is difficult to leave Mm. Um, and i think it's the the fear of missing out on what might happen next yeah yeah, I, I think so. I obviously started on summer staff, and so now I live here full-time. And there's something different about the the camp property when everyone is gone and, and there's hardly anyone around. It's not... It's still obviously a beautiful place, and it's a, a privilege to, to live here, but it's not the same as being with the people that, that come to camp. Last month, I was here completely by myself, except mm-hmm. for the one moment the FedEx driver dropped off a package while uh-huh. the, the staff was away at a conference. And I walked away thinking, camp is not fun without people. Yeah. Um, and so while the beauty of God's creation here of camp makes it a, a stunning place to be. It really is the people that makes the place. Right. Yeah. Even now we're sitting recording this during freeze, our first winter camp of the off season. So as of this recording, we still have three more to go, but it's uh, quite the, the jarring transition when you go from the holiday season and, uh, you know, no one's, no one's around on camp. They're all spending time with their, their families. And then all of a sudden we're, it, it's almost like the same energy as this summer. We're back in the swing of things. And, um, but, but it's great. Like it's so much fun as, uh, as much as looking ahead to it, I feel, um, a little overwhelmed, honestly, sometimes it's like, there's, there's a lot going to be going on, but that that's what this place is for. I, I'm glad you're not the only one overwhelmed because it almost felt like summer camp, how many sessions they're going through in, for the high school uh, winter camp. Let, let me turn the, the, the interview on you just a second because I, I can't Uh-oh. remember. So what years were you here as a summer staff person? 
so I was here 2012 through 16 and then got married in 2017 to Cynthia. So, um, so that I, I had served five summers up to that point was a counselor, AC sit director. And I figured after we got married that, that we were done with Sasqua. But Cynthia had, you know, come to visit while we were dating and had started to appreciate the, the community here as well. So a couple years later in 2019, we got the chance to serve as summer staff. Um, just after we had Josiah. So he was like six months old and we were living here. Our official title was Camp Grandparents. Um, and I, I think we were just an extra pair of grown-ups on camp for Peter's peace of mind. I, I think we were helpful, but I, I think the biggest comfort to Peter was just having more, more adults around in case we needed to do a MedExpress run or to... We helped with laundry. We helped support staff prep devotions and things like that. Uh, so that was my sixth summer as seasonal staff. And then it was that um, that following January I started full-time. Okay. So January 2020. And, and, and I was a part of that interview and that, process. And that's, that's right. So you had um, just joined the board. What was the process for you to join the board? <laughs> I, I don't. I don't know if I should say. <laughs> <laughs> I can edit it out if it's well, I, if it's too. No, bad. I mean it wasn't. It was. There's nothing bad. Like Peter had had a conversation with me at one point. Would you be interested in being on the board? I'm like, sure. Yeah. I, mean, I, I think I first said, let me think about. It, let me talk to Heather about it. And then I gave him a yes. And then I'll, it seemed like a long time had transpired. And then I don't know if he called me or I was here at camp. He's like, oh, by the way, you're on the board. And I'm like. Oh, when did that happen? <laughs> like, I forgot. Uh, I told you yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, they had the vote and everything then. Huh? Yeah. So I, yeah, that's, yeah. Right. And I think so, it was shortly after then the process was started to hire your position. Your yeah. Position. I believe one of your first tasks as a board member was to help with interviews for yeah. my job. So. So to anyone who's disgruntled with me, they can blame you. Is is what you're saying? The... No, there were other board members there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So tell me about uh, your your ministry at Winfield. So you mentioned you started there in the youth pastor role. Yeah, I started as youth pastor in February of 2006. So there was, was a very long um, candidating process, which started like in July of 2005 and then they didn't hire me till the end of January 2006 um, and so yeah February 19th 2006 was my first Sunday um, as youth pastor I served with uh, Dr. John Thornberry he was the senior pastor at the time for I think yeah three years until he retired in 09 and then um, I was interim there for a few months and at the end of that interim season, they voted that they didn't want to look at any other candidates. Mm. And then two weeks later, I was the senior pastor um, there. Um, so that was '09, I believe, and I've been there ever since. Mm. Um, yeah. So I was associate pastor for youth and then youth and family and 
senior pastor. So I don't. Or guess, a real pastor. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, I, so no I don't kidding. Know, I don't, I don't know what the next yeah, step um, is for me there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's been a fun ride. Um, and it's, it's been encouraging to see um, some of our own teenagers come work at camp uh, after being campers. Yeah. Yeah. So we've heard a little bit about your time as chaplain, but you were also and still are a, a camp parent. So uh, for, first of all, I I can't keep track. How many kids do you actually have? I have. And, yes. and how has camp been helpful uh, in their spiritual walk? I have seven children and all but one has been a camper at this point. Uh, Cora, I believe, will be old enough next summer, maybe. Um, so look out, young explorer campers uh-huh. or counselors. Um, yeah, it it after my initial fear of that Max would get lost, um, and seeing camp and seeing the counselors, um, I think it was really great for him, um, because until his younger brother came along, he was the only boy in mm-hmm. a family of girls, and so coming to camp for him was. He could run around and be a boy um, with other boys and have fun. I think he was one of the kids that would get up early and be fishing at the pond or on the basketball court bouncing the ball at like 6 o'clock in the morning. Um, so for him, it was he loved camp. We loved sending him to camp. Um, same with the girls. Uh, they just loved coming and building relationships. What was interesting being in a large family for, for my girls is I think – they loved coming and then having their own circle of friends outside their siblings. Yeah. Um, which is still an issue. Um, that, that I'm here this weekend is, is because my middle daughter said I could come. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I think she's okay that I'm here. Um, but yeah, I think, I think it was, it's been really positive for them. Otherwise, um, dad puts a damper on all the, the fun. I guess. I don't know. Um, but yeah, our oldest Emma has been on staff last two or three years. I'm well. Twenty twenty, uh, she was yeah. Fit, if, so if you count twenty twenty, you count. Was 20, it was, was it even was it even a week? It wasn't even a she week. She was on staff for yeah, uh, less <laughs> less than five days. I think. I, I think I think there was a lot of tears <laughs> uh, surrounding that uh, summer. Um, Which I think is just a testament to how quickly community happens here, though. Yeah. Because uh, you're here, I think they arrived on a Thursday, and the following Monday we had to to send folks home. And already in that time, they had uh, bonded to the point where there there were tears at the parting. Yeah. And I know some of them tried to get together throughout the summer, then even after that, just Mm. to to connect. But yeah, it's been positive uh, all the way across the board. Um, I don't know when the kids, some of the kids started coming to winter camp, um, and, and that, that was encouraging too. Um, we, so my wife and I just love the fact that Camp Susqua has boys weeks and girls weeks. Mm. Um, but I think there is a, there's a benefit in winter camps where there are, they are mixed. Um, we live in a time where everybody's on their phone and they've got these friends on social media, but sometimes they don't know how to talk to them when they're face to face. And, uh, it's good for young boys and young girls to learn how to interact with each other. Mm -hmm. Um, it was fun. Uh, one of my assignments this weekend was to 
Uh, now, but, well, before you explain okay. it, I, okay. I hear that it was to get engaged with one another. No. <laughs> yeah, I, I used the word engage in the wrong context, I suppose. <laughs> um, I think it went over their heads and only hit the adults in the room. So Yeah, there, there were only a couple of chuckles. But d- yeah. So do describe your assignment for the campers this weekend. Yeah, so we, we've been working through Proverbs 27, um, which deals with interaction interacting with one another and how both um, our need for other people, our need for friends. Um, but, I mean, this morning we talked about the reality that sometimes there are foolish people that try to provoke us in wrong ways and how do we deal with that. Um, but my assignment that I gave them um, the, after the first session was throughout the weekend, I want them to go towards somebody here that they've never met and just to simply engage them and ask them good questions. And I gave them some prompts like, how, is this your first time at camp? How long have you been coming to camp? Um, and since there's only, I think, 12 young men here yeah. this weekend, I told them they weren't allowed to ask another male that they had to go to a girl and ask these questions, which I heard some moans and groans. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think that that's, that's a healthy thing to learn how to engage one another. So I think we might be at close to 50% right now. So right now with still, they have till tomorrow, till tomorrow morning to complete the task. Yeah. Almost 24 hours, uh, as of this recording until we're, we're done. So you, that, that's a good segue to talk about what you're sharing this week. You, you mentioned that you're talking about Proverbs 27. Why, why that chapter at, I'm, I'm not a pastor nor the son of a pastor, but do do you just like flip open the book and Proverbs has got a lot of stuff. So you just pick the pick the first chapter that it falls so, open so to. So Chief Les calls and says, "Hey, would you be willing to do freeze? Because um, if you don't, I have to." <laughs> um, and I said, "Well, I need to ask um, my daughter, who's coming as a camper, if she's okay with that." And uh, it took her probably two or three days to finally give me an answer. Um, you can call Les back and tell him you'll do it. Mm. Okay. And then we, I think uh, my oldest and my middle daughter were just sitting in the living room. And I said, well, what, what should I talk about at camp? And uh, she just blurts out Proverbs twenty seven seventeen, As iron sharpens iron, so another man sharpens another. Mm-hmm. And I said... Okay, um, I don't know if I can build a whole six um, sessions off of that verse. And so I just started reading Proverbs 27 and I thought, I'm just going to work through this whole chapter um, because it's filled with uh, good practical nuggets of Christian living. Yeah. So really briefly for our listeners, what are some of the, the highlights then in Proverbs 27 that you wanted these teenagers to walk away with yeah so we started um actually looking at matthew 7 um, where jesus talks about the broad and the narrow way um, and our need for uh, being on the right path Um, so i i I went back to the gospel and and started it started it there and then we looked at the first two verses um that night um because verse 1 of 27 talks very much like James does in chapter 4 of, of James' letter of um, 
not boasting about tomorrow. And so how we walk on the path of life matters. And so we, we talked a little bit about that. Um, then the next morning we went to verses five through 10, talking about the need for good friends in our life and the need of being a good friend. And how do we, how do we make friends? How do we be a good friend? So we talked about that. And then in the afternoon, um, I can't remember what passage in chapter 27 we were in, but we talked about the need for others um, beyond just need for friends. Oh, it was, it was 27, 17, 18 mm-hmm. and 19, I believe, um, that, that we need other people. So sometimes our friends can be the ones sharpening us, but that there's so many other people in our lives that sharpen us. And they may or may not be friends per se, um, but they, they could be peers, classmates, parents, grandparents, siblings, coaches. Um, so we, we talked about how we need other people in our life to help sharpen us. Um, and then this morning, uh, we talked about the need for um, staying focused, um, not being distracted by foolish people, um, not being distracted by things that take take our eyes off of Christ. Um, and now tonight and tomorrow morning, we're going to leave the Proverbs. Um, we're going to be in the mm, New Testament. Gotcha. So. Well, yeah. Th- thank you for the summary. It has seemed as someone listening, like it's, it's almost a, a master class in interpersonal relationships that you have, I don't know if I would use master class. Master class. <laughs> Maybe a class. A class. <laughs> a, a class. Well, yeah. And to, to your point earlier, we're in a winter camp context, which is a little unique for, for Susquehanna, that we have boys and, and girls interacting here. And the theme of friendship is one that we've talked a lot about at, at many of our camps over the, the last year. Our listeners can even go back and find podcasts on, on friendship with uh, Barnabas Piper from, from last yeah, year. Yeah, listen to his stuff. His is going to be better than mine. <laughs> but it, um, yeah, we've had some some opportunity to, to talk to some really smart people and kind of ask them, how like, what, what are some wise emphases for our ministry here? And it, it seems like young people or people in general are just struggling to maintain healthy relationships, healthy friendships, especially. And uh, Peter's quick to point out that he's a current Grove City student. And uh, he had a chance to talk with Dr. Carl Truman, who kind of identified some, much of the sexual confusion in our culture, maybe in part because we, we just don't know how to have friendship, like normal, healthy, non-sexual relationships. I think there is something of value. I think in the Christian community, we have an opportunity in this present culture to show a different and better way of how to live and interact with one another. I don't know that we always do it well, but I think I think we need to take serious that topic of relationships and and how to do it well. Mm-hmm. And and I I think that I think there's a fear in in the culture right now is. I don't. I don't want somebody to know me too well, because I might get canceled or rejected. And and so I think there's there's yeah. legitimate fears of how 
how the the culture has turned cruel in some ways, and I think we have an opportunity um, to again to to show the way Christ interacted with people that yeah. were very much different than him. Sure. So one other area of your ministry and your connection with Sesqua I, I wanted to ask you about was the Gospel Coalition Central Pennsylvania Regional Chapter. And so I understand it, it started as, you know, a retreat here at, at Sesqua and has expanded beyond that. Can you talk about what, what that kind of uh, organization is doing? Yeah. Uh, so there was just a, a group of us pastors who were trying to get other pastors together to make connections, living in flyover country here in Pennsylvania, rural, um, small towns. Um, pastors can feel isolated, feel lonely. Um, and so we just wanted to provide an opportunity for, for networking and friendship building and then just some continuing iron sharpening iron, if you will, some, some equipping. Um, and, uh, Susquehanna seemed like a good location to start. And so, um, well, actually, I think, I think the first meeting was actually at, at, at the church I serve in at Winfield Baptist. Um, and I invited Peter and some of the staff. Were you there? I was not. Okay. I think, I think Peter Davis, um, and I think maybe Jamie Sanders, who was on staff at the time, came to that meeting. And then we, we kind of surveyed the pastors. What do you want this to look like? And then I think after that, we had our first retreat here, um, 2017, maybe, or 2016, somewhere along those lines. Um, and so Susquehanna has been a great partner in that, in providing space, and and, and Susquehanna's a natural networker. And so I think it's been a, a mutually beneficial partnership for both of us. Um so we, we typically have, I think right now we typically meet three times a year. Our year kicks off with a retreat here at Camp Susquehanna. Um, usually the third or fourth Monday, depending how the calendar falls. I think this year it's like the 22nd. It's a Monday, Tuesday. It's essentially 24 hours on camp. Um, you come in around 1. We start around 2 o'clock with the first session. We eat dinner. Um, have another session before bedtime, hang out. We have a session the next morning, and after lunch, we're done. Um, this year, we're bringing in uh, Matt Schmucker, um, who is an elder at Capitol Hill Baptist Church in Washington, D.C., and Zach Schlegel. And they're going to talk a little bit about the roles of that elders play in the life of the church. Um, and then I think... Um, Matt Schmucker is going to talk about the need for personal holiness in the life of a, an elder pastor. Mm. In Capitol Hill Baptist, that's uh, Mark Devers' yes. church, the yep. Nine Marks. Yeah, that's a. I know that's that's a very brief and broad overview of all that that you do, Corey. Is there anything I should have asked you that that you're just champing at the bit to share? Uh, no. <laughs> I, I appreciate podcasts and not uh, vlogs. I'm glad there's no camera in front of my face. <laughs> <laughs> so before I let you go, we have been ending each podcast with thankfuls. So you're likely familiar with the staff tradition where each night our staff share something they're thankful for from that day. So Chief Corey, what are you thankful for today? 
I am thankful for a place called Camp Susqua. Um, I don't think I've ever walked away discouraged from this place. Mm. Um, there's, there's something about being here and around people that is refreshing and encouraging. Um, and so I'm, I'm thankful for Susqua. And, that, and, and Peter didn't pay me to say that, so I'm... <laughs> <laughs> that, that's appreciated, but it, it is very vague for our okay. thankfuls. Okay. Um, I'm thankful for the relationships that I've built here at camp. Okay. All right. Is that fair? We'll, we'll, we'll let it slide. <laughs> yeah, you've done enough for us today. Well, I'm, I'm thankful for the chance to... Uh, converse with you not just on this podcast but the the last couple days as well i really like hosting this because i get an excuse just to sit down with people and ask them questions and uh, justify it as you know time on the clock sorry i turned the table a little bit on you oh no no that's great well thank you for joining us Corey, around the proverbial campfire and thank you listeners for more information about Camp Susqua, visit our website at susqua.org. We'll see you next time. Oh, give thanks.